Welcome back to a podcast about New York sports. I'm Sam Allen, and I'm solo today for our Saturday NFL preview. Um, so if you ever wanted my unsolicited NFL opinion for a solid 30, maybe 40 minutes, kick your feet up, get comfortable. Let's jump right into it. Jets are plus six tomorrow against the Browns, coming off a week one loss to the Ravens. And my honest opinion on the Jets right now is tough to say because, again, this is not Joe Flacco's team. This team was not built to be Joe Flacco's team. This is Zach Wilson's team, and until Zach Wilson is on the field and playing at 100%, it's going to be really tough for me to give a temperature check on just what the Jets are. I thought Flacco looked like an absolute statue last week, and he's never going to be a guy that's going to, well, at least now in his career, he's never going to be a guy that's going to win you a game, but he's not really going to lose you a game. He's not the kind of guy that's going to be a gunslinger and out there, you know, putting the ball into really small windows and trying to force the ball when he really shouldn't. He's a game manager. I think if the Jets can score first tomorrow, uh, really establish the running game and really dominate the clock and time of possession, and continue to play Better defense. I thought the Jets played really well last week on defense. The score was just a product of the defense being on the field for 75% of the game, which is never a winning recipe. Getting to the Browns, who their opponent this week, uh, they feature Jacoby Brissett, a quarterback who, in my opinion, is not really a NFL starting quarterback. I know given the Deshaun Watson situation, he was forced to step in as their starting quarterback. He's a good backup. He's played well in the past. Again, he's another guy that's he won't really win you any games, but he's just an average NFL backup. 18 of 34 for 147 yards and a touchdown in a week one win. I think I wouldn't be surprised if that was a very similar stat line to what he does this week against the Jets. Because, quite honestly, the Browns just feature one of the best one-twos in the backfield in all of football with Chubb and Hunt. It's going to be really, really big test for the Jets' defense very early where Chubb went wild last week, and if he goes anything, if he puts up similar numbers at all to last week, I think the Jets are going to be in trouble. But what I will say is that I thought the Jets' run defense actually looked very good last week. They shut down Baltimore's run game, which anytime you have a Lamar Jackson-led team, it's very impressive to shut down the run game because anytime he goes to hand the ball off, he's always a threat to run it himself. So I think the Jets can actually, if the Jets, let me put it this way, if the Jets can actually model their game off of what the Browns did in week one, where they don't for make Flacco force any throws, they rely on their run game, and then hit their passes in the correct spots, I think the Jets can win this game. Do I think the Jets win this game? No. Do I think they can win this game if they establish the run game and actually provide a little bit of offense? Yes. I don't think the Browns are that good, especially with Jacoby Brissett as the quarterback. Make him make the plays. I think the Browns will be way better than the Jets going forward and maybe in the next couple years. But as long as Jacoby Brissett is the quarterback, put the ball in his hands, put eight in the box, make him beat you. If if I'm here next week and I say, wow, Jacoby Brissett threw for 340 yards and three touchdowns and the Jets lost, then he had the greatest game of his career and so be it. But... If I'm going to be here next week and say, wow, Brissett put up a very similar line and Chubb ran crazy or Kareem Hunt went crazy, I would view that as just poor game planning by the Jets. So I'm looking forward to seeing what the Jets can do on defense, if they can follow up a very good week one performance. And then on offense, I need to see them get the ball in their playmakers' hands, whether that's Elijah Moore, Brees Hall, 
Michael Carter, who I thought looked amazing, and I'm very high on him going forward. I mean, he's one of those guys that get the ball in his hands, right? Get the ball in his hands and good things will happen. Whether it's a, a play that is dead in the backfield that ends up as a three, four-yard gain, he's just one of those guys that he looks fresh, he looks like he's gotten better, which even last year he was very good. So get the ball in one of your playmakers' hands, get it out of Joe Flacco's hands, and play stout defense. No stupid penalties, no roughing the passer, no stupid pass interferences. Play sound football and make Joe Flacco just a serviceable quarterback, and I think the Jets can come away with a win. On the other side of New York, we have the Giants, who fresh off a beautiful Week 1 win, are minus 1.5 versus the Panthers, with no Wondell Robinson, no Kadarius Toney, no Ojolari, no Thibodeau, most likely. I think Thibodeau said he was going to play, or he was hopeful that he would play, but... I would think that the Giants would err on the side of caution with him and probably hold him out one extra week on top of whatever he was ready for. And I think that's going to be a big hit this week because a team like the Panthers, who Christian McCaffrey is one of the best players in the NFL year in and year out, you need edge rushers to take the pressure and dial it up to 10. Because if you give Baker Mayfield all day to sit back there and look downfield for Jet legend Robbie Anderson, who really looked good last week and I think could really be a huge piece for this team going forward. If you think about the Panthers, they dink and dunk their way down the field with McCaffrey and then they hit you with a home run out of nowhere and I think Robbie Anderson fits that build absolutely perfectly. So who's going to step up on the Giants defense this week? No Ojolari, no Thibodeau, probably the last week without both of those guys. So my questions are on the defense more so for the Giants this week. On the other side of the ball, I need to see more out of Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones played okay last week. They won the game, obviously, so anytime you win the game, it's always hard to rip a quarterback, but I think that that easily, I mean, the pick in the end zone last week was just absolutely, such a horrible decision, horrible throw late in the game. I don't know. I need to see more from him to really feel any differently than I already do. Most likely will not be the Giants quarterback next year if I had to put my money on it. And then outside of that, simple enough, get to 2-0. Let Dable get his first two wins under his belt. They're going to be home. The crowd's going to be crazy. It's going to be huge to build. If Daniel Jones can build, if Saquon Barkley can build, although I don't know how you get better from that performance. That was, watching that game, that was probably the best I've seen Barkley look, rookie year included. That was just absolutely incredible by him. It's amazing for the Giants that they now have a guy who, they can center their offense around. Finally, there's. It's very understated how much a running, how important a running back is. And I'm never a proponent of drafting a running back high like Barkley. I still would not draft a running back like, even as amazing an athlete and amazing of a person as Barkley is. I still would not have picked him with that pick. But hey, as long as he's here, let's run him. Let's use him. The Giants should absolutely give Barkley the ball. Every other play on offense, just make him touch the ball. He's another one of those guys that get the ball in his hands and good things are going to happen. It's that simple. So the big question, do I think the Giants win? I do. I think the Giants can build off last week. I think Dable has his guys playing for him. If they can get even 75% of Barkley's performance last week, I think that they win this game actually fairly easy. I think that Baker Mayfield is... Another one of those guys that he's just becoming a journeyman. He's This is going to be his second team now, and even people are already weary on him here. It almost seems like a stopgap. 
I'm I'm weary on Baker Mayfield, so I think the Giants do come away with the win here. So now I will smoothly transition to our picks. I have myself and McFeely's pick this week for our pick'em pool, which <laughs> it was a survivor pool, but when everyone loses in week one of the survivor pool, you might as well just convert it to a pick'em pool. Am I right? So that's what we're going to do. I'll start with McFeely's pick, which I don't know how he picks this and or how he's very confident in this team, but he's taking the 49ers home versus the Seahawks. Even after the Seahawks came away with an absolutely massive win in week one, I wouldn't pick it myself, but more power to him. For myself, I'm going to go with the Bucks over the Saints. I bet against the Saints in week one with the Falcons. They blew it because the Falcons are not a good football team, as I realized, but the Bucks are. I think that the Saints didn't show me really anything that was too impressive week one. I think Camaro was even questionable for this week, if not doubtful. Give me the Bucks. I think they win this game. They did not play well in their opener against the Cowboys. I think they scored like one touchdown really late in that game. And the offense just did not look good. But nonetheless, I trust Brady. I think Brady gets the job done this week. 2-0. and I'm going to take the Buccaneers to beat the Saints for my Week 2 pick. And then for my sniff of the week, which again... Reminder, I sniff out the underdog, I tell you what to take and why I like it. I like the Dolphins to beat the Ravens in Baltimore. Now hear me out. Ravens did not look good last week. I don't care what the score was. They played the Jets, who had an absolute statue at quarterback. And the Dolphins beat up the Patriots, who anytime you beat up a Bill Belichick-led team, I think that's pretty impressive. I'm very high on the Dolphins overall. They hired Mike McDaniel this year, who, from just the stature side of things, does not come off as a football coach's typical stature. But hey, I think the Dolphins are starting something new here. I think the Dolphins are, for Yankee fans, getting very analytical and realizing that we don't need a guy who's been in the league and been a retread head coach, and now this is going to be his fourth, fifth time as a head coach. We want someone new. He's 39 years old and has been coaching in the NFL for over 17 years, which is impressive in itself. I don't think they missed on this one. I'm going to be watching the Dolphins very closely. I think Tua's continued development is awesome. Uh, He's one of my favorite players to watch in the league. The Dolphins have athletes all over the field. And for the Ravens, again, they didn't play that well. Their running game is still in question. J.K. Dobbins is yet to see the field. I don't know if he sees the field this week, and even if he does... It's going to be in limited fashion. Give me the Dolphins on the money line. I saw them plus 160. I think they win that game outright. Transitioning over to some baseball and a little bit of questions. We've got some questions from our Instagram poll. Uh, We'll start off with the first one here. Where do we think Aaron Judge will sign in free agency? Here's my stance on it. I think this whole time that what Judge is doing is the smart thing for a player of his caliber and his age to do. I think it is smart to bet on yourself at that age because even if you bet on yourself and even if you fall on your face or even if you get hurt, there's still going to be a team that wants you. Maybe not for as much money as Judge might get now that he's breaking a record every day, but I think that it's the smart thing to do. That being said, I don't think Judge 
really has the intent of going elsewhere. Just think about it. He's a star in New York, the most marketable place, arguably LA, a, the 1A to 1B in marketability. The star of New York, star of the Yankees, absolutely adored by everyone in the city, everyone around the league. Why would he give that up? Some might say, oh, well, he went to Fresno State. He wants to be close to California, where he's from. Or some might say that he wants to play for an even more realistic winner, like the Dodgers, which is a valid argument. But I think that if I had to put numbers to it or percentages to it, I would say that the Yankees are 90% getting Aaron Judge back. And then the other 10%, I divvy up among, truthfully, and as scarily as this sounds, I am most fearful of the Mets signing Aaron Judge in the offseason. The recent news about Jacob deGrom not coming back opens up even more flexibility uh, in terms of cap for the Mets. They have the richest owner in baseball. It's just across town. He could still be a star in New York. And hey, if the Mets can win this year and they can actually have developed a true culture with Buck Showalter, Lindor, Alonzo, I am very, very scared of the Mets, to be quite honest, in terms of Aaron Judge. I've heard names like the Dodgers, the Giants. For those teams, you know, the Dodgers always are going to be in on everyone. I don't think Judge is really going to want to play alongside Mookie Betts and share any sort of spotlight. I'm not saying that Judge is a spotlight hogger or anything like that, but I just think that Judge is a guy who will be and is looking to be the face of a franchise, which he already is for the Yankees, and just the guy that every, you want to go look into the stands and see number 99 jerseys. And then along with the jerseys, one thing that I've brought up, a lot of people disagree with me, but I think is still a very interesting wrinkle to all of this. There's one thing that the Yankees can offer him that no one else really can, or not that they can't, but maybe it doesn't hold as much weight as the Yankees. And that's having a big fat C on Aaron Judge's jersey. I think the Yankees will say, hey, just like they did with Derek Jeter, go sign with the Mariners, go sign with the Giants. Go ahead. You know what? One thing you will never be, the captain of the New York Yankees. And to some, that might seem laughable, but I think it holds such a prestige in baseball. No one does it anymore, but to be the captain of the New York Yankees is just the absolute pinnacle of the sport, in my eyes at least. And I think that he's done a smart thing in ramping up his price. He probably earned himself almost an extra $20 million this year, I'd say just off his performance alone and just by gambling on himself. So I hope he gets every dollar. He's worth every dollar wherever he signs. But I'd say I think he signs with the Yankees. I'm most fearful of the Mets. Totally pivoting with this next question and going back to football for a sec, we were asked who would be the Giants quarterback next year, say they can't get one of the top quarterbacks in the next draft. An interesting one because if you look at the slate of quarterbacks uh, that are going to be free agents at the end of this year – I mean, Brady, Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo, Sam Darnold, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, it gets uglier and uglier as far as you go down. So that's a tough question. I mean, you can always, in the NFL, you're always going to have guys that are disgruntled or lo just looking for a new home. So you could end up like that with the Giants kind of shop around with Jimmy G. I don't think so. I don't know if that would be the greatest thing for them to do as far as their timeline goes. I think they would try and more likely what they would try and do is probably try and trade up to a point where they can get a quarterback 
or even take a quarterback with whatever pick they will have. I mean, the nightmare scenario is the Giants actually are have a good season. Daniel Jones doesn't play well, and you're outside of a quarterback-friendly pick, meaning you're probably in the middle, you know, 15 to 20 in those picks. But that means you probably had a successful season. So it's give or take. Tough question. I don't know if there's a guy I can specifically name and say, hey, I think the Giants will go after him if they don't draft someone. And I think that's going to do it for this episode. Short little Saturday or Sunday morning football preview whenever you listen to this. But we'll be back sometime this week for a wrap-up of the Jets and Giants, talk some Yankees and Mets, and any of your other questions. So feel free to send us any other questions and enjoy.